0: You gotta take-
1: I'm gonna have to uh call you all to my office uh for a a private meeting uh with, with the Bobs. I, I don't really remember office space that well. Now that I'm I'm just gonna fess up to it. This is Top Ten Thursdays. I'm Sean Lemmy. John Atney, Colin Westman, Matt Carsons. After a week off, we're back.
0: What a wonderful week it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Celebrated America. The only way I know how, play Monopoly purest American board game Uh, how do you guys feel being back it's been such a long time comfortable yeah Mm
2: -hmm. I guess
1: (laughs) uncomfortable I I take it
2: yeah
1: well that's good because we're talking about bosses this week I guess in honor of Breaking Bad coming back yeah sure that shows the boss
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's good enough for me
3: I'm surprised you made any kind of connection to anything relevant.
1: Well, I guess this is the season where he's like, maybe running things. Maybe he's finally the boss.
3: Yeah, that sounds about right.
1: Of, of his industry of choice.
3: So.
2: I don't know. Way to be vague. <laughs> it's like you always got to be vague when you talk about Breaking Bad, I guess.
1: because no one watches it.
2: I feel like everybody watches it.
1: Just today I was yeah, talking I to my mom and she was like, I should watch Breaking Bad. It's like. <laughs> Yeah, he probably should. You probably should. I, 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 I feel like
2: many... lots of people watch it, and even more people intend to watch it, so that's why you got to keep the spoilers yeah. Yeah. at bay. My it's... dad's
0: been intending to watch it for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> he watched like the first season. Actually, maybe caught up. For a long time, he was like, oh man, uh, it's just a little too depressing for me. And then one time, he was sick, and I looked on our Netflix account, and he'd watch like, every episode in like three days.
1: I I love it so much. I love that summer is still a great time for TV because we still get Louie and Breaking Bad, like the two best shows right there mm. or the taking. I take it all. So bosses, are we doing this like uh, the boss I would want the most to be my boss or just characters
3: we like it. the most?
2: I think it's characters we like the I most. I
3: wouldn't mind touching on for each one though. Like, would you want
0: him as a boss? Sure. Yeah, why why that's not. a good idea.
3: Yeah, Why not? All right, well, uh, and this is just TV bosses
1: we should point out. Yeah. Um,
0: Not Lumberg.
1: Yeah. So the first one on our list is Tony Soprano. From
0: The Sopranos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You forgot, didn't you? Should we set up the clips or just uh, good die uh, right some in? Some of them you should set up.
3: The ones that need to be set up. I you think need this, need one, this one
0: explains itself. So. Okay. Take it. I'll give
4: you a fucking bone, you prick. Where's my fucking money?
2: So you had coffee Go ahead ah! oh, it. Where's the fucking money? Oh, I
3: Where's... The money I know you'll get the I fucking get money the... You know what you should get A cock in your fucking mouth ah! Because you tell people I'm nothing Compared to the people that used to run oh,
1: No, Not a traditional boss uh, you know, A mob boss mm-hmm. A had lot it, of punching uh, in it A lot Yeah He's, he's a hands on guy He's down and dirty Yeah Especially uh, the first season uh, when he's not fully on top at the beginning, just pretty close. Uh, yeah, I, I love Tony Soprano. He's he's a really great character uh, from a show that a lot of people say is the best show ever. It's uh, it's really just interesting because you know he has there's this guy who you know if you see you hear a clip like that and you think he's just this brutal, violent thug and then. You know, you see him go and have therapy and talk about problems and talk about, you know, his depression because the ducks that were staying in his pool flew away. It's all
2: about those ducks.
1: Those are pretty great ducks. I don't, I don't blame <laughs> him for being broken up by losing those. Uh, you guys haven't seen Sopranos yet, right, John? Seen history. the first
3: season, some of the second one. Do they, do they always run their operation out of the strip joint, or is that just yeah, earlier? That's run?
1: just one of their main hangouts. Well, that's, that's one way of doing business.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's where his <laughs> office is.
1: It's like in the back room of the strip club doing his business. Yeah, but he spends less time there as the show goes on. I got like the
2: deli too, right? Yeah, that's just, it's just kind of a hangout uh, spot, yeah. I think. That's
1: so where they just talk about how great Italian people are.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of think Tony Soprano is like maybe one of the most compelling characters ever in television i mean i feel like there isn't any character that you get to know as well because you know the show gives him like so many dream sequences and at the same time you know he's he's going through uh what do you call it metamorphosis (laughs) metamorphosis (laughs) (laughs) therapy and And it's like you get to go so deep into his psyche and yet at the same time it's like you don't know you don't know what he's gonna do all the time sometimes he'll just fucking shoot some guy you don't expect it he's unpredictable and like yet you get to know him so well
1: you can never understand him completely
2: yeah as, as much as the tr- show tries to yeah. to get you to,
1: I mean, that's one of the frustrations of his therapist. Mm-hmm. All right, I can't spoil Soprano's like Damn it! Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he's great. Uh, would you want him? I uh, would your not boss? want to work for him <laughs> because
2: that would mean you're a criminal.
1: There's a great episode of the show, uh, just dedicated to a, a guy who has a sporting goods shop, and he knows. He knows what Tony does, or at least he thinks he knows what Tony does, and so he he takes that alone from him, and it just destroys his whole life. <laughs> it's an awesome episode. It's is really that, great.
2: Is, that's Robert Patrick, right? He yeah, plays that character. Yeah, he plays like a total weakling mm-hmm. for once in his career.
1: <laughs> it's great.
0: He's a total bitch. Yeah. Why? Why? If he knew what he does, why would he take a loan? Well,
1: because he knew he was a guy who had money and could get him money. He needed money.
0: I got you. I wouldn't even touch that shit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: A little bit smarter than him.
2: He's a dangerous
0: man.
1: Yeah, he curb stomps a dude at one point. That's pretty raw. It's pretty disgusting to see. He does some heinous shit now that I think about it. Like, there's an episode early on where he takes his daughter to visit a college campus, and then he says, I gotta go for a little bit, and he strangles a dude straight up it's so weird that they take this guy that it is so
2: like he does such deplorable things yet they get you to, to feel for him and he's
1: super compelling mm-hmm. throughout the whole show you don't want him to die i don't think ever no even though he yeah like walter white man he's he goes well over the edge I, uh, yeah, he's a great character, and if we're just doing this as characters and not it's desire to work with or work for, I think he's on the list. So let's go on to Artie, no last name. I, I, I don't, at least I don't think. No, could,
2: they never announce his his last name
1: from the Larry Sanders Show. Hello, um, Paul Wallum. We met at the network uh, Christmas party.
2: Yeah. Hey.
0: Oh, yeah. You're in charge of research. You got a wife named Karen, children, uh, Michael, Lucy, dog. Huh? Ginger, uh, <laughs> I uh, am uh, impressed. Uh, I mean, you were pretty—I don't know how to say it—hammered. Well, that one pretty well covered. <laughs> <laughs> I love that clip because it—it embodies his job as a producer. Like you know, when you're a producer, you gotta kiss a lot of ass sometimes, and you gotta—you know—you gotta be good at knowing people and introducing people and stuff like that. So, just the fact that he remembers this one random guy for some random party, you know, it's just. It's part of his skill; he can't help it, even though he's hammered, drunk. <laughs>
1: and of course, there's another one that's like a little technical because te- you know, um, Larry Sanders would be his boss yeah. in the show's continuity, mm-hmm. but it still kind of feels like Artie feels bosses him like, around. I
2: you know, feel like he's running the show.
1: Well, he definitely oh, is running the show. It, Larry's yeah. not running the show.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's how it works.
1: Uh, so, Larry Sanders is a little less known than S- the Sopranos. I guess we should say it's a show about a, a talk show. And and late night talk show, late night talk show, in the model of the Tonight Show, I guess. Mm -hmm. And Artie's the producer, uh, played by Rip Torn, and that's he's got to be Rip Torn's best performance ever.
0: Yeah, he's just so fun to watch.
1: He's great. He's my favorite part of the whole show.
0: I love how like. I just feel like if I had his job, I would be so stressed out all the time. But he's always got a smile on his face, even though he might be gritting his teeth a yeah, little bit. He's, too he's much.
2: got so much like anger bubbling underneath. Yeah. That's what I love about the character is that he—he he kind of embodies show business so well that he's able to go, "Oh yeah, I saw you in that movie. It was great." And then he turns around the next second, and he's like, Did you "Just think of that thing it was a piece of horseshit." Yeah. <laughs> he's got this. He can just switch it on whenever mm-hmm. he wants to. It's. Pretty
1: great. The one thing that sets him off is when people mess with his ferns on the set. (laughs) Talk to
2: my fucking (laughs) fern.
1: Yeah, he gets pissed over that.
4: He
1: he loves the salty dogs. (laughs) Uh, Just a really funny, fun character. Um, He's on the list for me.
0: Um,
1: Me too.
2: I, I love the Larry Sanders show. It's a really... I think groundbreaking show
0: do you feel like did i mean i felt like when i by the time i finished the show i wasn't as about it i don't know maybe it was just the last few seasons i w- i weren't i wasn't quite as fond of
1: because larry was so depressed the whole time
0: yeah i like i like i really liked the drug arc until he actually got addicted to drugs <laughs>
1: I have fond memories of that entire show I yeah, feel so like it was over too I remember quick liking it. that was you know one of those shows I just marathoned because we live in the era of being able to just marathon shows
0: Yeah, I feel like it took me a month or so spread it out
1: I think I did it over January term at school we just had that one semester that's just one month long good times great times awesome times Someone who knows a lot about time is C. Montgomery Burns from The Simpsons.
3: He's an old guy. Uh, I guess I could set up this clip. So if I recall, this is Mr. Burns is burying a bunch of nuclear waste in a park. And the town, the cops caught him. So then they were going to use the money to, you know, decide on something else. So they have this big town meeting in Springfield. And Mr. Burns goes undercover wearing a, a fake mustache trying to propose what to do with the money.
4: Hello, my name is Mr. Snrub, and I come from, uh, someplace far away.
3: Yes, that'll do. Anyway, I I say we invest that money back in the
0: nuclear plant. I like the way Snrub thinks.
3: That scene ends with Smithers firing, like, a gun with a hook on it to to the top of the ceiling, and they escape, because everyone's like, hey, you know, they can tell it's Mr. Burns. Because Mr. Burns is basically a supervillain of sorts, and he runs the nuclear power plant. Um... I think my favorite thing about Mr. Burns on the Simpsons is the fact that he's so old. And when they play into play into that and he doesn't seem to know anything that's going on in the current, you know, current day. Uh I think one of my favorite instances of that is when he went to the post office and he he wanted to send a mail to the Prussian consulate in Siam by autogyro. <laughs> <laughs> of course, none of those things exist anymore.
1: Yeah, it's like all of his references are like turn of the century at the <laughs> or, latest when he was
3: putting together a baseball team and he's like i want cap ensign three finger mordecai brown and um smithers is like well oh, mr burns most of these players are well past retired your right fielder's been dead for 120 years <laughs> i mean he's just uh, of this other area where there's a new mexico and there's so much humor that could come from that but then of course the villain aspect plays into it and that's real funny um He's got a League of Evil on his desk. He presses a button, but they've all been trapped in there for like 20 years. So he's got all these dead people and he's got a, a bottomless pit in his office. And, you know, combining the supervillain with this kind of old fogey who's really out of it, I think, makes for one of the best characters on the show.
0: My favorite Mr. Burns memory is is uh, when he's at the doctor and like he's got every disease, but they can't. You know, like yeah. the, the door analogy. Three Stooges
3: syndrome. They like all try to get through the door at one time, these like little fuzzy balls through this little toy door. Mm-hmm.
0: Move it, child ahead. So I'm invincible. <laughs> oh, no, even the slightest breeze.
3: Invincible. Goes to the, the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota, which is, the, I guess, the greatest medical institute in the world. Um, Yeah, it kind of just comes down to naming my favorite moments. I feel like he's a pretty iconic boss character. And, like antagonist of the simpson family i mean so he's always a bad guy in like simpsons video games and stuff
1: and just as a boss character he, he's such a demeaning higher up you know he's definitely not someone you want to work with because he can't even remember your name you're just some drone to him assuming i'm homer simpson which i guess is <laughs>
0: whatever
3: i'd take it yeah i mean and they're doing stuff all the time and he never remembers him like i remember smithers saying all the recent events of your life had have you know revolved around him in some way it's like, <laughs> Simpson, eh? <laughs> and, yeah. I don't know that there's much more to say about that. I mean, if you guys want to share more moments, that's,
0: that's what it comes down to, I think.
1: No, I don't. Let's keep going. To David Brent from the British office.
0: People see me, and they see the suit, and they go, you're not fooling anyone. They know I'm rock and roll through and through. But uh, you know that old thing, live fast, die young? Not my way. Live fast, sure. I live too bloody fast sometimes, but uh, die young, die old. That's the way. I'm not orthodox, you know. I don't live by the rules.
1: I love that. That's a, his mortality is a big concern of his. I remember there's another scene later on where they're saying, "If you could do one thing, what would you do?" And he immediately starts talking about wishing to become
0: immortal. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I, I just recently watched the British office, and and I was just, like, expecting it to pretty much be the same, and it was on a lot of levels, except for the evolution of the boss. Like, he is just so creepy, weird. Like, Michael is lovable. I, I didn't love David Brent at all, like, whatsoever. I
1: think he grows a little bit.
0: Yeah, a little bit, just because you're watching the show, and he's funny, but, <laughs> like, he, Like, he takes the sexual harassment and the racism to, like, a whole new level. Maybe just because it's on British TV. It's just... I
1: don't know what you mean about British TV.
0: (laughs) I just mean they're a little more raw. You know, they can swear instead.
1: I guess. We got HBO on here. We got Artie on here. Uh, I love David Brent because he seems almost like he could be a real person but he'd just be the worst person ever <laughs> uh, but it's so fun to watch him when you don't have to actually deal with a person like that I mean, the person who thinks he's so funny but it doesn't make anyone laugh and,
3: definitely yeah. creates like the most awkward situations I can imagine that person existing and you're like talking to him maybe in some I like feel like we names. know a
0: couple of people like that yeah Remember the name names it's like
3: oh, let's not just <laughs> through this I guess <laughs> it's just
1: so funny like what else pops me to mind for me when people talk about David Brent it's his dance that he does so good he talks about it he's got all these great dance moves and I was like all right let's, let's see it. let's see it then and he just does <laughs> the goofiest most bizarre dance <laughs> and he says everyone give me a beat and they're like clapping and it's like no no
0: no it's the wrong beat and he just goes <laughs> <laughs> and
4: it's
0: after of course like you know his corporate boss comes in like tangoing amazingly mm mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh well that that's not that big a deal to
1: I know him and uh what was his name? They're Dwight. Gareth Gareth Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a fire and they carry the woman in the wheelchair halfway down the <laughs> stairs and they get tired <laughs> and leave her.
0: Like, oh it's just a drill, you know. And the real yeah. thing we'd take you all the way down.
1: Oh man. I miss that show. I wish it wasn't British so it could have gone on longer.
0: Yeah, but then it would have been bad. Like the predicament we're in now. Oh, eventually. (laughs) The British shows just don't do that. That just Mm -hmm. doesn't happen.
3: Even the longer shows, it's like eight seasons over a course of 20 years or something. (laughs) It seems like...
1: How does Doctor Who do it? Uh, So I wouldn't want to work for David Brent. Any of you guys want to work for David Brent?
2: Uh, I mean... Oh really, but Not really. I, could, Not permanently. I could make it through it, you know. I'd be a little miserable. I feel
0: like, I don't know, I'm conflicted because, yeah, when you're watching it on TV, you're like, oh, yeah, that'd be hilarious. But, but then if you actually look at the characters, no no one's having fun. <laughs>
1: that's,
0: that's you probably wouldn't weird be as cool as, uh, as the gym character, you know. No. Nope. Nope. None of you listening would be as cool as him.
1: So that's Martin Friedman. He's a movie star now.
0: It's debatable. Is he Bilbo? He's Bilbo. That's what I thought.
1: And uh, the guy from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy.
0: I don't remember that movie at all. He does. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Maybe.
1: He got to act with most deaf. <laughs>
0: I remember after
2: we saw that movie, you're like, dude, Moz Def is the greatest actor of all time. <laughs> <laughs> he blew my mind in that I, movie. I was
0: pretty about him in that movie. Yeah,
2: I feel like you're pumped about Moz Def's acting career. <laughs> he was a good actor, he was pretty good on Dexter.
3: It's debatable. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, he was good, Sean. He was good. Ah, pissing me off.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't want to cut David Brent Bray- yet. But I think he's probably eligible. because working for him would be so bad. That's Duke type Phillips, type. do you remember this guy from The Critic? Maybe a little clip will refresh your memory.
0: Whizzlebuck.
4: That's not a word.
0: Get Webster on the phone. Noah, how you doing? It's Duke. How much would it cost to make Quizzlebuck a word? I don't know what it means. Uh, how about a big problem? Great. How about that other word I invented?
4: Dukelicious. No one's using it. What a catastrophe! Jay, get a pen and paper. I'm going to dictate my will.
3: What am I, your secretary? So the only
4: thing you have in common with my secretary are humongous breasts. Now take down
0: my will. Can do, Mr. P.
3: That's from The Critic, and that was a show where John Lovitz played a movie critic. And Duke Phillips was the head of Phillips Broadcasting, formerly Duke Phillips' House of chick <laughs> He's basically this kind of Ted Turner-esque, millionaire who just throws money around. He's also, I I seem to recall he's kind of superhuman in a way. He's really strong. He's always Mm -hmm. like picking up Jay and using him as (laughs) gym equipment. He really kind of abuses him and makes fun of him. Thinks he's gay and stuff. Um, And I I was just thinking about earlier, probably one of his most iconic scenes was he has this, uh, he donated this statue to this hospital, which is a big golden statue of him that like talks but Pigeon's like flying to its mouth because Pigeon's really f- attracted to his voice. <laughs> and then right after he says that, a Pigeon flies in his mouth. <laughs> He's just real just cartoonish. Well, I mean, it's a cartoon, but real outlandish um, boss. It's a little Ted Turner, a little like Richard Branson in a way. Charles Napier does the voice. He's real talented. Um, kind of just side man in lots of m- movies like Blues Brothers and stuff. I mean, you Powers. Austin Powers. He was an He's done a lot of good voice work though, and I think this is probably his uh, his best role as a voice actor, and it's maybe my funny, the, my favorite character on the show. Um, I don't know about that, but
1: uh, well, he's a little more cartoonish than everyone else on the show.
3: Well, what about Jay's dad? <laughs> <He's>, like insane. <laughs>
1: yeah, so, but he's not a main character.
3: Yeah, Duke is in every episode. He's like the second most important character or third you know he's up there because he's pretty integral to jay's life but i just like how he plays off of jay so much jay sherman's such a pathetic character mm-hmm. and it's, it's so it's so much easier for this handsome big guy to pick on him and there's a lot of great humor that comes from that and he's had a lot of good episodes there's one where he ran for president they found like they were trying to like i don't know uh t- tarnish his image by <laughs> they found this like video of him petting a cat and like singing a song because he really loves cats that was like his, one of his secret shames <laughs> I think I'm not sure if it was the same episode but he also had this evil eye power that he possessed
1: wow uh, you remember this really well
3: it's been a while well I watched it a couple summers ago it's not that many episodes I don't think no it's not it's like 18 sadly short lived but very funny had a lot of this I feel like it had a lot of same Simpsons people on it and stuff like that um, but I think it's just the case that none of people have seen it Even within the group that, I mean, that much, I think we've all probably seen one or two episodes, but he's pretty funny. He's pretty funny. Give a, give a shout out to Duke, Duke Duke-licious. It's a duke catastrophe that he's not going to make the list. (laughs) Yeah, and (laughs) he just can't.
1: People be like, whoa, what are you talking about?
0: Well, those people would know what we're talking about since they're listening.
1: And we just informed them. This is what we do. You make a good point. And yet, I'm cutting him anyway. Duke Phillips. Rest in peace. I guess. Maybe. Oh, a Breaking Bad entry. It's Gus... Gus Fring.
0: It's a pleasure to see you here. What can I do for you? I will kill
3: your infant daughter. <laughs> I like that that clip gives you all the sides of, him, of Gus. Because right. he's definitely one of those characters that wears this just... Well, he hides in plain sight with this just regular businessman, and then
0: I mean, he's such a great guy. Yeah, he, like he he donates a
3: charity. Ninety percent
0: of the show, I'm all about him.
3: I'm about him a hundred percent of the show.
0: I'm not really about him when he's trying to kill babies, but
1: <laughs> he's just saying that.
0: I think he could do it.
1: Well, he could do it if he had to. Yeah, he doesn't want to.
0: Well, no one wants to, but who does? It doesn't make you very likable.
1: Well, that's just one side of his personality. Yeah, uh, he gets to you know the chicken magnate.
3: Yeah, he runs his own business. Uh, Los Poyos Hermanos. Yeah. And, but that's, Which is awesome because the, the Mexican
1: restaurant near me is Trace Hermanos, so I can still say, Meet me at Hermanos. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the show.
3: Yeah. But it's all, in a way, just a big cover for Did his you ever show shady that to us? dealings. Yes. Really?
1: I don't think you guys noticed or cared. <laughs>
2: Seems like we usually go there together with a beat.
1: Yeah. I'm like, let's go to Hermanos. And you're like, all right. You don't get it. I don't make a big deal of that.
4: Yeah,
0: he's modest.
2: It's rare for you to not make a big deal of something clever you said.
1: Oh, it's not clever enough. I, think, I guess. Even I have limits.
3: <laughs> but, but Gus, is, he's probably one of the scariest TV characters I can remember in the past ever. <laughs> I mean, when I think of scary TV characters, he's really up there. He's really threatening. Mm-hmm. He's definitely the kind of guy that's like, I will destroy you and <laughs> murder children and whatnot and do do what he has to do. He'll he's get his remor- hands you know, dirty. He'll do anything.
1: And he's smarter than everyone.
3: He's pretty smart. He runs two successful businesses.
1: Yeah. He doesn't even need the meth business. He's
3: doing fine.
0: Yeah, seriously, I was like six restaurants.
3: <laughs> Basically, evil mastermind.
1: But we know why. We know why. I can't say why. Because we agreed. Not enough people have seen Breaking Bad yet. Can't ruin the surprise for them.
0: You think they'll make a Breaking Bad movie? No. No? No? I feel I
2: like it. when it ends, it's got to be the
1: end game. Yeah.
2: There's there's no going back.
1: Yeah, I feel like where we are now, it's got to be either, well, Walt retires, or <laughs> shit goes down hard. <laughs> shit that can't be undone (laughs) yeah and uh since they made a whole season i think it's gonna be the latter i agree but But is he a person you would like to work for Uh,
0: i'd like to work for him at a chicken restaurant you know the thing is (laughs) the thing is is uh
3: i feel like everything would have been fine if walt had just paid you know if he'd just done what he was supposed to do the whole time like i feel like he's pretty fair actually so yeah just don't mess with them, you know. Just you have a nice gig, stick with that. You could be settled for the rest of your life, but you got greedy and shit went down. I wouldn't put the blame on Walt. It was it was Jesse that was fucking shit up. Well, their team, like they, he he always says that he takes like responsibility for him.
0: Like they're mm-hmm. they're, a soul, they're a package deal. But I agree. I mean, it, yeah, if if he just did what he was supposed to do. Three million bucks. Right? I would. I would consider working for him. I mean, I don't know what. I what dare okay. 100% work for him at a fast food chicken restaurant.
3: Yeah. I don't think I'm. 90%. Kill would you if some you knew he was
2: <laughs> a meth kingpin?
0: Eh. What does it matter? I'm uh, not honest. Uh, oh, what does it matter? Uh, what? <laughs> I'm talking about being a fast this guy's food restaurant. doing employee. shady shit on the side. Yeah. If yeah, you know about how, that, that
1: makes you part of a criminal conspiracy. Yeah.
0: I mean, he recode. Do I know about it because like, oh, he sent me on an errand to pick up some guns or something, or do I know about it because like, this one guy came in, he's like, hey, word on the street, this guy's a meth kingpin, like that guy. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, <laughs> I don't even know if that's true. What if he like forces you to do? But some that's the shady thing. Shit. That's the thing. I don't. Well, Gus he wouldn't. Yeah. Gus, yeah, he wouldn't do that. He's not gonna mix the two businesses. Yeah, I guess.
3: It's not like you're gonna apply for a job as chicken restaurant. It's gonna slowly lead to big, you know, one of his henchmen or something. (laughs) You gotta start from being a henchman or something. You gotta be already be a
0: criminal. You gotta enter that business from that. You're not just go up to him with your chemistry. He's like,
2: you know what? You're a good guy. I can trust you. Come with me.
3: Yeah, he's not that stupid. (laughs) I guess not. No, he's fair. He's a fair, fair fair boss. But I don't know that he's that iconic of a, a boss, like character. He's yeah. just a pretty strong character and a pretty damn good show.
1: Yeah. No, no, no.
3: It's borderline.
1: Well, let's just Why cut him then.
3: Cut him there. <laughs> All right.
1: He's a good man.
0: I just want to listen
2: it's to
1: that
3: bad world.
0: Game. It's a pleasure to see you here. What can I do for you? I will kill
3: your infant daughter. <laughs> <laughs> that shouldn't be funny, but... <laughs> I guess it is. Take it out of context. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's not like when you're watching the episode. Like, oh. Oh. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> that's, how, that's how we should watch Breaking Bad.
0: <laughs> Oh,
3: Great. I
1: uh, got that looked forward to on Sunday. Um, how about Jay Peterman from Seinfeld? Hello?
3: Mr. Peterman, how are you feeling? Elaine, I'll be blunt. I'm burnt out.
4: I'm fried. My mind is as barren as the surface of the moon.
3: I can run that catalogue no longer.
2: What? Well, who's gonna do it?
3: What about you?
0: Me? Why me? Why indeed. (laughs) Mr. Peterman, you can't leave. I've already left, Elaine. I'm
4: in Burma. Burma? you most likely know
3: it as Myanmar, but it'll always be Burma to me. You there, on the motorbike, sell me one of your mellons!
1: It'll always be Burma to me as well. Uh, Jay Pierman is one of a couple real-life people that is, are just completely made up by Seinfeld. Uh, at least I assume, I assume that Jay Peterman has no actual basis in the actual John Peterman person. They just took the Jay Peterman catalog and imagined this is the person who would be responsible for something like that. I just, so? I just love it. Because that was
2: the thing, he like, talked like, the way the yeah, clothes are described in, his, in the catalog, which is a joke I don't even get. I probably never will because I've never picked up a Jay Peterman catalog. But
1: <laughs> I like that he always goes by Jay Peterman. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But I mean, that's my favorite part about the character is the way he talks with metaphors all the time. Yeah. <laughs> live funny.
1: such a romantic life,
3: <laughs> Jacopo Peterman. Is that his, his name? Isn't it like Jacopo? So well,
1: the real person, I think, is just John. Well, Peter. yeah, but
3: he, he's he's different. He's you know,
0: uh, the real Jay Peterman isn't quite. <laughs> <laughs> Did they run into, into any any trouble with that, like using a? A company's name
3: i don't think so i feel like they got the uh the okay permission yeah, yeah. it's just funny because i was reading that the real jay peterman and johnno uh, hurley like are friends now right. <laughs> they, like go out and like oh jay peterman but they're not actually talking to him they're talking to john yeah. hurley <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny but yeah i just like his whole attitude and everything that's kind of i don't know Majestic or something. Dude, he's got heroic. A he's eccentric. Got a, the way he talks. He's got an incredible popularly. voice. And a great passion for Iggy. <laughs> Iggy comics. Ziggy. Ziggy. Excuse me.
1: But would you work for Jay Peterman?
3: Definitely. Yeah. I guess. be hilarious. I mean,
1: this is the be guy who fired Elaine for not liking the English patient. <laughs> Just got a, you know.
0: Tell him what he wants to hear.
1: (laughs) I guess I would work for J. Peterman. I just wouldn't want to have an intimate relationship with him, like Elaine does.
3: I'd like to, like, you know,
1: see him at get-togethers and office parties, and
3: we could take take you on trips to Africa.
1: Yeah, Elaine couldn't go. go. I don't think I would like that
3: because she tested positive for opium. (laughs) That's
1: true. Yeah, I don't know. I worry about his moods. I feel like I get on his bad side that's on accident. A, that's a deal breaker. Yeah, yeah it for,
0: seems like it is pretty easy to accidentally get on his bad side.
1: He just likes people with gimmicks. <laughs> I don't have a gimmick.
0: You're tall. He's <laughs> <laughs> not good enough. My God, you're a
3: giant. <laughs> that's what i say to you. I'd like to climb that
0: peak. It's getting all strange. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is he on the list? He didn't want an intimate relationship, remember? I feel like he should be. But I don't know. Uh,
2: I, don't know. I feel like he's too minor of a character because he didn't come in until like the later seasons. it he wasn't. Yeah, he's like, in like It wasn't like he was in every episode. He's he in like 20 episodes. 20? Yeah, that's not that many for <laughs> Sitcom. Yeah. That aired 20- that's what
0: Seinfeld's all about, though. It's all about the minor characters.
2: No. <laughs> <I feel laughs> the main like the characters, characters are so good, though.
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, but that's how they kept the show fresh, I felt. Like they, they have so many great minor characters that are coming for 20 episodes or so, you know. Like Bubble Boy. They're yeah. good,
3: but I'd <sighs> I say it makes the show. Bookman. I think it's a big part of the show, sure.
0: I mean, I can't think of any other shows off the top of my head that have so many great quotable you know like putty and i'd go george Storm simpsons personally yeah i
1: mean seinfeld's mo was we have these four characters and after the first like season or two there's like let's just have these four people go on four separate adventures and yeah. watch them all tie together somehow at the end and mm-hmm. those can't be interesting if they're all alone so uh yeah i see what you're, what you're saying it's yeah. important to have strong sporting characters and the bosses were definitely uh, a great yeah. source for them. Uh, everyone had great bosses. Except for, you know... Jerry. G- Jerry and Kramer, where it doesn't really apply.
3: Yeah, you could have gone with lots of people. could have gone with Kruger, maybe. Okay, Uger. Steinbrenner. Mr. Pitt.
1: Look, George, three times around, no hands. <laughs> yeah, I love Mr. Kruger. Uh, Steinbrenner. I don't know. Getting to know Larry David through Kerber enthusiasm has affected my enjoyment of Steinbrenner.
0: Really? How so?
1: It was like, what's Larry doing? Why is he the boss? Because he's not really doing a voice, he's sort of doing an accent. Kind of doing a voice.
3: That's still a funny character. It
1: is. It's a, fun, it's a really funny character.
3: Heartbreaker. <laughs> but yeah.
1: He likes those Calzones. <laughs> Boy, howdy. Yeah, let's make a bunch of references that not everyone will get to feel powerful.
3: Assert your
1: dominant. <laughs> <Start your> dom- <laughs> Every episode. <laughs> I wanted to make it clear right now that Matt is always the one making that sound. Yeah,
2: that's why he said Matt, because he meant me. Can't wiggle your way out of this one. <laughs> it's an
1: illusion. Okay. I'm leaving him in the maybe column for now. I'm no. moving to Jimmy James from News Radio.
2: Hey, maybe you heard of a little movie called Sound of Music? Well, who could forget it? Yeah. Well, the original sword. <laughs> I don't recall a sword in the Sound
1: of Music. Oh, well, let me refresh your memory of this little number.
3: <clears throat> sound of Music. Sound of Music.
1: Music, music. Sound of Music. You
4: remember that?
3: And that's Stephen Rude as Jimmy James from News Radio, a show about a news radio station. And he's basically this billionaire that, for some reason, is interested in micromanaging this radio station that he owns. So he's always just popping in and then talking about all the expensive stuff that he's bought or that he's he's planning. I was just watching an episode recently where he's planning on building this tower that's shaped like two J's. It'd be like 200 feet tall. (laughs) And there's like... Pool. There's like all sorts of just stuff. It has a, its own justice system, which I don't <laughs> entirely understand. But he's such an eccentric character. And Steven Root, I love Steven Root and just about anything he does. Just really goes nuts with this character. Uh, the only thing is, I haven't, there's only so much news radio I've seen. So there's only so many, you know. Remember the time when. Mm-hmm. I, no, uh, I don't. I only I have, have so seen many. I only have so sense. many of those. But he's a really funny character. So, yeah, it just
0: makes me you know since we're in the Cairo radio center
1: how dare you reveal our recording location we're going to get <laughs> bombed
0: john already revealed it Terrorists on the facebook walked. i just wish i had a boss like that here that would be awesome
1: you, you wish you had a really hands on like guy you feel, you with, like know. so many levels above you on the corporate ladder whatever he's just taking a personal interest in you
0: yeah that would be awesome i mean I, hell i don't even i've never even seen the program director here you know
3: It'd be, it'd be awesome but he's always giving people like life lessons and stuff <laughs> yeah
0: exactly I'm trying to get some life lessons I hell I need them the importance of industry we're we are owned by the Mormons so I don't know Wait, who, the, who that would be
1: the Church of the Latter-day Saints yeah. owns this radio station yeah
0: Bonneville International shh
1: <laughs> all right Romney 2012 um,
0: <laughs> Joseph Smith's about to come down here <laughs>
1: Is he, does he come back? Is he a Messiah like that? Like a come back Messiah? Take one to heaven? That's not Jesus?
0: (laughs) Well, let's not talk about theology right now.
1: Is Jesus American?
0: He came to America. He came to
1: America, but he wasn't born here.
0: No, he was born in Bethlehem. Sure.
1: Okay, so they accept everything. Oh, yeah, they're, they're Christians. Well, where do they cut the line? Is it the, the big... No, no, no,
0: the Book of Mormon, just think of the Book of Mormon like it's a sequel it's to a the sequel. Bible. Okay,
1: so Jesus dies and comes back here?
0: Yeah, he, well, he dies, and then he gets resurrected, and he's like, yo, guys, I'm back. I'm about to go to America <laughs> to teach the Mexicans all about Christianity. And then that's what he does.
1: Where's that movie? Um, but wouldn't they have... I thought when Jesus comes back, it's game over for Earth. Sorry, guys. I got to <laughs> shut this down. I'm a getting out of here. I'm
0: not going to debate you. That wasn't very good. I'm, not, I'm just asking questions. I am not. I don't understand it fully. I have to have a... You know, we're probably being not... listened to right now by the, the LDS. <laughs> Whatever. I'm
1: fascinated by their religion.
0: So am I? I read the Book of Mormon?
1: The like the
0: play? No, the Bible. Well, I pretended to while I slept in reading period. <laughs> that, was and a then, good, that was a good cover. That's a book all teenagers
2: should <laughs> read.
0: It was funny because then Mr. Enzyme thought I was Mormon. The whole like he's like, oh Matt, you know about this. One time he was talking about.
1: Anyway, Jimmy James, I just don't have... I've seen some news radio. I like him in news radio. I just don't have the connection to him because it's not a show I've really sought out. Yeah.
0: How is, I mean, I've always wondered about the show. Is it...
3: It's just as good as any other. It's a pretty typical sitcom, but... Yeah. I enjoy the characters and the job that they do. I find that part interesting. Phil Hartman plays one of the, you know, anchor type guys. Andy Dick is actually like funny on it, which is weird because he's so hated. <laughs> yeah. Joe Rogan action too.
1: That woman on Tremay who owns the bar, News Radio.
2: Yeah, I watched a couple episodes. There you go. I was like, "What is that lady from?" There you go. I was
3: like, "Oh my god!" Don't know her name. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? But yeah, he doesn't have to make it.
1: Tremay has the the, the problem where it doesn't show you pictures of the actors when it shows you their names in the intro. So I know Wendell Pierce. And Steve's on. And that's good enough for me. Melissa and Yeah, and John Goodman, too. Speaking of Johns, how about Jack Donaghy from 30 Rock? Where is he now? I tracked him down to an address in Brooklyn. He's on LinkedIn, Lemon. He might as well be dead. (laughs) So I throw him a lifeline if he comes crawling back like a uh, crab, I guess. What else
0: crawls, Lemon?
4: Babies. Jack, you have one.
0: (laughs) Wow, this is a good clip. Uh, I just love when he references things like LinkedIn or something like something people have. Like I have it, you know. You think you need it, you know? But Jack Donaghy, he's he's a giant corporate boss. He makes bajillions of dollars. You what? What are you looking for a job? LinkedIn. <laughs> oh, I love it.
1: It has a great. Uh, it's it's so fun that they have such a liberal actor playing such a conservative character. Yeah, you know, I I assume he's basically playing the antithesis to himself, uh, Alec Baldwin, with Jack Donaghy, and he's just so he's so likable anyway. <laughs> just like completely out of touch with the common man. <laughs> I I, I, know, I know there's a scene where they ask what's 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 the price of a gallon of milk, and he says sixty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: And we were just watching that clip earlier where he was, you're wearing a tux? It's 6 p.m. I'm not a farmer.
0: <laughs> I didn't even, like, get that. Like, <laughs> do people just? People got to be fancy like, at some point in the <laughs> day. Like, they get home from work and they slip on their tux? Yeah. I don't just
3: be sitting around being all dirty.
0: <laughs> got to go to
3: some fancy...
0: Benefit. Ball or something, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs>
2: Benefit for poor people.
3: Sorts of
1: benefits. Yeah, and when they talk about Alec Baldwin leaving the show, it's That has to be the end of Thirty Rock. It could not live without him.
2: He's so good in this role, and you kind of think like he—he was an actor like begging to be cast in this kind of role, but he couldn't have really done it when he was younger because he's just too handsome to play like a, a a smaller bit part. He had to be like a leading man, but he never really got to be that great of a leading man, even though he's. Fantastic actor.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, he can do his comedy so well. Got
2: some good work in his belt. I wouldn't,
1: wouldn't write off his younger career. I know. I, but I mean, the mostly. most famous
2: <laughs> thing he has is a scene that lasts five minutes. Glen Gary, Glen Ross. Not so. oh, yeah.
1: for October is pretty good. Beetlejuice.
3: Okay, the cooler. Mm-hmm. Did not he get an Oscar nomination? Yeah, anyway, that was when he was a bit older.
1: That's true. Uh, you're talking about wanting a personal relationship with your boss. How would you like a uh, Jack Donaghy relationship?
0: Find myself jealous of Liz. Like, I think that means I, I mean, I, re, I just really like how their relationship has grown as far as you know, realizing that it is kind of a mentorship and they kind of need each other, even though they're so polar opposite.
1: You know, it just made me really sad. So I thought, Liz is kind of a boss, too. Yeah. And I thought, oh, there are no women on this list. <laughs> That's kind of a shame. I guess most women bosses are portrayed as, you know, bitches.
0: (laughs) I was going to say that, but I didn't want
1: to. There must be some good example out there. I can't think of it. Uh, Judge Judge Judy. Judge Judy.
3: (laughs) (laughs) She's nice, right? If you didn't break the law. (laughs) Um, Do you see Jack Donaghy making the list? I like up. him too. I'm open to it. I think so. I think he's my favorite part of the show. He Might be.
1: He's definitely my favorite part of the show. I'm going to single out one character at least. Although early on, like first season, it's probably Tracy Morgan. Mm-hmm. his crazy was new to me at that point.
3: <laughs> I certainly like seeing Alec Baldwin doing his impressions. Like yes. When they did Tracy like therapy, and he's pretending to be his dad, like I'm your daddy, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> i love
2: that that they can get alec baldwin to to do such wacky stuff on that show he's just so game for it it's that's awesome i feel like he just wants to
3: yeah like who knows maybe sometimes it's like his idea he just strikes me as that kind of guy
1: no the white guy that married my mom well uh tracy you you have to uh (laughs) take into consideration (laughs) your father's feelings I would have played that scene if it was not like four minutes long. But it's a great scene. If you haven't seen Fred Rock yet, watch that one scene. It will change your life. Like a beautiful song. Or like a speech by Jed Bartlett, present from the West Wing.
4: Excuse me, Charlie. Can I see you inside, please? Come on, it's okay.
3: I'm Jed Bartlett. I'm Charles Young. You prefer Charlie,
4: right? Listen, Leo McGarry filled me in on the situation with your mother. I'm so very sorry. I hope you don't mind, but I took the liberty of calling Tom Conley, the FBI director. And we had the computer spit out some quick information. Your mother was killed by a Western 38 revolver firing KTWs, or what are known as cop-killer bullets. Now, we have not had a whole lot of success yet in banning that weapon and those bullets off the streets. But we're planning on taking a big whack at it when Congress comes back from recess. So what do you say? You want to come help us out?
2: Yes, sir,
1: I do. Thanks, John. He's uh, er, early on in the show. He's like, let's just throw him in to give an inspirational speech and then usher him away. Uh, but as the show goes on, Jed Bartlett becomes a much more human character. And I was a little hesitant to put him on the list just because we were going for bosses and he's the president, which is kind of a weird thing to the, think about. The boss. But it is a show about this you know specific office where he's the man in charge. So I'm not going to feel bad about it. Um, and Jed Barley is just such a great character he's he's the man everyone would want to be president I think even though he's a democrat even though he's liberal you know he's he's still uh, you know hard on foreign policy he's willing to use military force he's a deeply religious man uh, goes from the bible all the time God, you just want to live in the world where a man like him exists he's, he's in he won a, a Nobel Prize for economics. So, he's, you know, people are telling him how to fix the economy. He's like, you, people are idiots. You have no idea what you're doing. Just let me fix this shit. Do
3: you think real politicians could learn anything from watching him, maybe?
1: I don't think they want to. Do
3: you think they could? Like, if they took... <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs>
1: I guess they could learn how to make inspirational speeches. But I when you watch the West Wing, you you wish that's a world you lived in, but you know it's it's not like that. Because it's, it's a world where people basically don't play politics. They just, they just do their jobs. Damned their reputation or, or anything else. Uh, which is kind of sad. Um, but he's just, you know, all the time, he's just throwing out beautiful inspirational speeches. You know, just beautiful heart-to-heart moments with everyone. He's he's a phenomenal person.
0: I like the clip we played before. Where he's high on (laughs) pink
1: Yeah, he's human too. Uh, you find out later on that he's been hiding something from the American public. And that's a big scandal that he has to live through. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil it. You guys should watch The West Wing someday. It's pretty good. Andrew Barlett is a great president. My favorite fictional president, according to the list I did on the blog couple of years ago
3: sounds like a real hero it's got sure does that's what i'm waiting for the first neurotic jewish president <laughs> <laughs> what am i doing up here that's what we Allen should, should have that movie where he's played president Wouldn't that have been good let's go back in time and make that movie i can believe that <laughs> how would he get elected <laughs> <laughs> like an accident he'd be like a right in i don't know some weird thing like he didn't expect to win <laughs> Movie, no one steal my idea.
1: Uh, but just because everyone else here is underexposed to West Wing, is this guy not making the list?
3: Maybe, Probably. well, like I always got to say, it's got to be representative of all of us, and even if you do like him on, I mean, like, I just right. i don't really know anything about him. I mean, aside from what you just told me.
1: Well, if this president asked me to serve, I would happily uh, answer his call. Even if Why went. would
3: the president call you? <laughs> Sean? Sean? Call of
1: Duty, Call of Duty. That's what I'm referring to, not, okay. not the video game. The, the idea, the Call of Duty. Okay. I don't think.
3: I just wanted to, you to come up with some funny scenario where the president calls you. No, show.
1: in in the show, he just calls people when they're like, someone died, and he's really sad about it. Very sad about
3: it. So he'd call you when he's sad.
1: Yeah, he'd be like, Sean, I'm, I'm just so sorry to tell you that your dad
0: died. And I'd be like, oh, thanks, president. So was he telling that kid that his mom died? No,
1: no, no. Uh, His his mom died months ago Hmm. in the show. He's actually hiring him on to be his body man, which is... I I think that's the position that the West Wing is known for having portrayed best, the relationship between the president and the body man.
0: What's a body man?
1: He's just the guy who, uh, you know carries the president's bags opens doors for him keeps him company
0: sounds like a sweet game you don't really hear about that guy
1: nope -hmm. later on uh, when that guy Charlie gets promoted they hire another guy who's like huge so his only scene is like he has to carry the president because he can't use his legs for reasons I won't disclose (laughs) but that's it for that guy
0: alright sounds like he's not on the list I don't think so.
2: <laughs> what a great character.
1: <laughs> Speaking of another great character, Kenny Daly from Fraser.
2: Kenny?
3: Julia? Hey, Doc. Hey. So, have a good ride. Not going to happen. These shorts are already bunching me something fierce. Excuse me.
1: There's not really a lot of Kenny Daily clips you can just get on the, at the drop of a hat, uh, especially because he was kind of the last in a series of bosses Frazier had on Fraser. Uh He's just the one that stuck around because he's great.
0: I would totally work for Kenny. He's Such a nice guy. He's, he's so like well meaning. He, he's like, I mean, he's one of those bosses you can kind of walk over. Yeah, you know? he
2: doesn't have much of a spine, but yeah.
0: And especially kid. in in like ra- in radio where you, there's the talent, you know and and he, he he's almost always trying to kiss up to everyone, make everyone happy, you know. And God, he's just so awesome. He's bunching up something
1: fierce. <laughs> I don't know. He seems like a pretty minor character to me. Yeah. For this list, I just yep. wanted
0: Fraser to be represented
1: because we all love Fraser. So yeah. that's God, I kind of love Fraser so much, <laughs> man. So good. Wish i was watching Fraser right now. <laughs> You guys want to start a freighter Kenny, podcast?
3: Julia, hey Doc. The hey. We got to so, Frazier, have a good so. ride. Not gonna happen. These shorts are already bunching me
0: something fierce. Bunching yeah. me something fierce? Audio. It's, it's all I can
1: see. He like walks off at the end of the clip. I will describe that part <laughs> for the people that have, don't seek it out and did watch he, it on Did he run.
2: just give up on that race? Yeah, I, I think the he's shorts. like, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
1: bunching but. me something fierce. <laughs> <laughs> Which we can relate to. We know what he's going through. Sure. Fat man riding bikes don't go together.
0: I guess he won't make the list because he's so minor, but I just wanted to give a little shout out to Kenny Daly.
1: Consider it Shout-Ed. Speaking of people who shout, Lou Grant from the Mary Tyler Moore Show is
0: the character we're going to talk about next. In a couple seconds.
4: Miss, would you try answering the questions as I ask them? Yes, Mr. Van, I will, but it does seem that you've been asking a lot of very personal questions that don't have a thing to do with my qualifications for this job.
2: You know what? You got spunk. Well, yes. I hate
4: spunk. <laughs> Tell you what. I'll try you out for a couple of weeks, see if it works
2: out. Oh. If I don't like you, I'll fire you. Right, right.
4: If you don't
2: like me, I'll fire you. Yes,
4: yes. <laughs> that certainly seems fair.
2: So that was a clip from the first episode of the Mary Tyler Moore show in which uh, Mary first gets introduced to Lou Grant. And in that scene, you basically get the whole dichotomy of those two characters that runs for the entire show. You got this perky, eager career woman who has to work for this grumpy, hard-drinking boss. And, uh, yeah, he basically serves as her mentor throughout the whole show. And, uh, man, <laughs> he's got such great boss credentials because he actually played a boss on two different shows, the Mary Tyler Moore show and then his spin-off Lou Grant.
1: And uh, how does that work? Does he lose his job and have to get another job? Or? Yeah,
2: the last episode, everybody gets fired from the show except for Ted Baxter, who's the anchor man, and he's like the most incompetent anchor man ever. So Lou goes to work at a newspaper in Los Angeles, and he's like the city editor. Okay, because he's throughout the show, he talks about his integrity about journalism, but. He's working at, like, the worst news show in Minneapolis.
1: Not his fault. Well, maybe his fault. I don't know. I haven't seen Mary Tyler Moore yet. Maybe it's yeah.
2: hard to say if it's his fault. I don't know. He's always trying to get rid of Ted, but for some reason, they just, just can't do it. Just such a likable goofball, I guess. And, I mean, I like him just because he, he has that sort of gruff, like, no-nonsense attitude, but he's he's got... He's just like a teddy bear underneath. He's got this sweet side that you get to see throughout the show. And I mean, I don't know. I look at some other TV bosses and I feel like you can see a lot of Lou Grant in, in like Jack Donaghy, just the relationship between Liz and, and Jack is so similar to, to Mary and Lou Grant. And same with Ron Swanson and Leslie Nope too. I just feel like, I don't know, very influential boss character, I guess.
1: Yeah, I figured you were gonna say something like that. Yeah, you would. The problem is, uh, you you got to make this case on your own, Colin. Cause what does that mean? I haven't. Yeah, I, I don't I, know. I just anything.
2: finished watching the entire series of the Mary
3: Tyler Moore Show. Yeah,
1: and I've just finished a twenty-three year streak of not watching
3: any of it. <laughs> just finished. <laughs> <laughs> So does that mean? Did you just start watching it? <laughs> oh, I had to listen to that
2: clip earlier. Okay, that's it? That's all you've seen? I've seen the opening credits.
0: The Gateway. Class. Saw the Freddie Garcia commercial.
2: Alright. Well, <laughs> it's a great show. Uh, kind of set the archetype for all these, you know, workplace sitcoms that, you know, a lot of which we're talking about on this list. But, uh... Yeah, you guys just don't know. So Don't know. I liked Up. He's great, though. He's he's probably my favorite character on the show. Well, I
3: don't feel like we have that many. You can always put him down for a maybe.
2: I'd like to. I mean, if uh, you guys had seen more of the Mary Tyler Moore, you'd be like, oh, no brainer. I'm We're sure because
3: I've always liked Ed Asner. I mean, if he got his own show, I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's the character's got enough strength to carry another, you know,
2: thing. And it's a drama, is the weird thing. It's like this hard-hitting drama that the tackles... The second one? Yeah, Lou Grant. It's an hour long drama. That's weird. It's weird, but I don't know. I've only watched the pilot, but it like works because Asner is this kind of actor that he had like a dramatic theater background, but yet he'd also done like improv at Second City, so he's like just as good as the dramatic stuff as well as as the comedy, and that comes through in Mary Tyler Moore, which isn't always a show that just goes for straight laughs. It mm-hmm. also has a lot of a lot of great character moments too.
0: I just can't think of any other time where that's happened. That's no,
2: pretty unprecedented. As is the fact that he won an Emmy for playing the same character on both shows. Yeah. That's also never happened. Probably never will happen
0: again. Should have happened with Frazier, but, you know, we won't go there. We won't go there. <laughs> Cosby
1: show followed up by Cosby Mysteries.
3: Yes.
0: <laughs> the, the
1: prestige-worthy Cosby
3: Mysteries. <laughs> Which was mentioned on an episode of The Simpsons where Ed Asner played a boss. See, he's such a great boss. He was hilarious on that episode. He plays the well, it's a newspaper, so (laughs) of course, of course. But Homer gets mad at the TV critic because you canceled the Cosby mysteries. (laughs) That show had endless possibilities. He's got the credentials, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I said maybe I'll I'll believe you
2: for
1: now. Moving on, we have Michael Scott. From the American. When I was
3: five, I imagined that there was such a thing as a unicorn. And this is before I had even heard of one or seen one. I just drew a picture
0: of a horse that could fly over rainbows and had a huge spike in its head. I was five, five years old.
3: Couldn't even talk yet. Michael Scott, and the boss at Dunder Mifflin Paper Company. What I love so much about Michael is that he always tries to be so inspirational when he really has nothing inspirational to say. It's always the stupidest thing you've ever heard. He's always taking them away from work what they should be doing to do to go in the boardroom and some we do some weird um, I don't know kind of uh, just community project like the, yeah. the, t- the time when they had Diversity Day and yeah. they, all, they all had to wear like a uh, the paper on their head that they were a race. Like he's trying to be inspirational when that's like, really—that like, doesn't
0: make any sense. <laughs> I felt like we got some of that with David Brent, like the scene where the guy comes in to do the, like the class, and he's like just like stepping on everything he's saying. But they they really, really explored that avenue with Michael Scott more, and I feel like that's why he's more likable, at least to me. It's just because he's trying so hard to be a good guy, not trying to be funny. Sometimes he tries to be funny, but
1: he thinks he's funny. Yeah. I mean, the first episode of The American Office is exactly, identical yeah. to the first episode of The British Office. Yeah, uh, They start at the same point. They just go in a much more likable, long-running sitcom direction with it. Yeah. Uh, but I I love what, what you were saying, John, about him. How he just ruins things that would be fine if he just left them alone. Like, there's a... Early on, I think it's in the third season, a bunch of people come over when a branch closes. And they all are fine working there, but he <laughs> works so hard on making it a seamless transition for them that every one of them quits except for one.
3: I love how dedicated he is too to being like thinking he's really funny. Like Mm -hmm. there's the one time when he has showing everybody his Chris Rock bit. (laughs) (laughs) Which like led to this whole like meeting about how you shouldn't say like like racial kind of stuff. He's like doing this terrible impression like Wait, wait a black man! (laughs) You know, he thinks that's funny but he's he's just so oblivious
0: to what's politically correct sometimes. And, of course, all that leads to my favorite part of The Office is his relationship with Toby, the human resources guy. Oh, God. it kills me every time he just comes out. Toby's like, oh, I can't really do this. Uh. My favorite Toby moment is he's talking
3: they're eating lunch in like a cafeteria and he's talking about like when his parents divorced and like how much it was really hard for him. And Michael just silently pushes his lunch (laughs) tray off the table and then walks away. It's like a
1: nice moment. You think that finally Toby got through to Michael and then nope. And it's so interesting because Toby, of course is the one guy in the office that doesn't have to do whatever Michael says. He's the one guy who doesn't actually work for him. The one guy who's always killing all of his fun. It's He's like a big baby. I'm kind of
0: rewatching it right now and my favorite part so far is is when um when Toby has like, you know, he he listens to everyone's complaints and he just writes them down and puts them in a box and they and Michael like finds the box and they rehash it. So he reads every single complaint and they like have to <laughs> like what is guy like they have to iron out all these complaints and differences between everybody and it just leads to everyone getting so mad at each other Oh that's great so would you like to work for Michael Scott I don't think I would yeah it's the same kind of thing <laughs> as the British one it's kind of like like I feel like I would but then you wouldn't be as cool as Jim so you wouldn't have a and good time and you'd be time. sitting
3: through all this really stupid pranks and everything like I was just thinking at the time when uh, he's calling the in, the intern yeah, Ryan, he's like calling him on his cell phone okay. yes. he's like, hey Ryan, it's Micah Jackson <laughs> called from Wonderland <laughs> don't you mean Neverland? <laughs> it's Tito Jackson he's just so annoying, and then later he's like he's like dialing his phone and Ryan won't pick it up, and Mike's just banging on the guy's like, pick it up, pick it up <laughs> it's Mike Tyson <laughs> <laughs> there's these weird fixations on people I'd get so annoying.
1: Yeah. I feel like as Michael Scott evolves, a lot of people in the office come to the conclusion that he's the best boss they'll ever have, and they have yeah, that's kind of the
3: weird it. thing. It's like oh, he's probably yeah, the best we can get. And kind of job. and another
0: thing I like about him is is that there are those moments where like because a lot of times you're like, how could this guy possibly like keep his job? You know, like he's such an idiot,
1: like David Brent.
0: Yeah, but then there's these moments where they show him like, oh yeah, I just like got this huge client it's not a big deal Just gonna save the company yeah so like you you, it 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 lets you suspend your belief a little bit that he's could possibly hold on i I love
1: the when they play with the fact that the jim is slowly turning into michael Mm -hmm. i mean like there's they they connect and they realize that michael used to be exactly like jim until he became the boss and they became what he is now and and there's an episode where Jim has to act like the boss, and he starts becoming Michael. That's that's really funny to me.
3: I just wonder how he got the job. I mean, I guess it's sometimes you, you see him like pull through every once in a while. Like, oh, he can be a good boss sometimes. But then I just I remember that time when he spoke to Ryan's business class, and he's just throwing out candy and telling really <laughs> bad jokes. You'll win hundred grand. You know,
1: just, well, I think it's just that he was really good as a salesman, and then he got promoted. Yeah. He didn't. Yeah. He I like that they do show that play. he can
3: be good sometimes, like, mm-hmm. at his job. He's mm-hmm. not just having these really dumb, like, parties and weird meetings where he's got, like... What was, what was that one where he had these pictures of, like, people who had to, like, fight against, like, obstacles, like Tom Hanks and, like, Forrest <laughs> Gump and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but... Had, yeah,
1: there's also Tom Hanks in Big. There were two Tom
3: Hanks <laughs> pictures on the wall. I guess he thought... I don't know if he said it was from Philadelphia or something or if he just had it there. Mm-hmm. Well, Tom Hanks is on that wall twice. What did, what did he overcome, you know, in Big? He's growing too fast. <laughs> but yeah, and there's so many great like moments that I, 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 I assume maybe even be improvised because Steve Carell is so good at that kind of stuff. Like the one clip that I was desperately trying to find to, for this was my favorite moment that I keep talking about, which is the movie tagline that he came up with for a movie that doesn't exist. He had no arms or legs. He couldn't see, he hear or speak. This is how he led a nation. <laughs> I love that so much. That is so perfect. He's one of those characters that just kind of has this endless list of quotes yeah. that are bizarre. And you got to think some of
2: it comes from Steve Carell. I do, because yeah. they talk about how he improvises a lot on that show. And <laughs> a lot of that stuff does seem like you wouldn't even write this down. This is just coming out of his mind, just freeforming, man.
0: And yeah, I didn't know that. He, yeah, that's awesome.
2: I feel like he improvises yeah. the most out of everybody.
0: I hear
3: Rain Wilson's pretty good too, but not quite as good as Steve Carell.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't doubt you. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Is he on the list? I think he's on the list.
0: Yeah, he's on the list.
1: Mm. Well, don't hedge your bets on the next one, though. Randall Winston, the mayor from Spin City.
0: What if I
3: say the wrong thing? Uh, what if I slap him?
4: <laughs> what?
0: Why, why? Why would you slap the president?
3: I don't know. You, you tell yourself, don't slap the president. Don't slap the president. Don't slap the president. The next thing you know, you're backhanding him like a mouthy
0: caddy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for
1: leaving in oh, the musical yeah. cue,
0: Or else no one would know what it's from.
1: So Spin City, another political show, uh, but a, a sitcom. So it's a pretty different approach. And unlike Jed Barlett, who's you know the smartest man in any room he walks into... Randall Winston's kind of the dumbest guy who walks in any room, and he's this rich guy who, I guess, just got elected because that was the next thing for him to do. Although there is an episode where he deals with a, a rich person running for mayor, and, and he does, you know, step up and beat the shit out of them verbally. It <laughs> was pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it's fun to have an idiot boss, right? That's funny. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Bumbling moron. <laughs> So we put it on the list, Nance?
0: I put it on the list because I was just trying to be like, yeah, Sean will be over with <laughs> right.
1: Spin City, back when my TV only got UPN, <laughs> and so I watched a lot of Spin City. UPN? Cause what is that? I know, right? God, don't even feel old right now <laughs> for watching Spin City.
0: I remember when I got Spin City from Sean via the internet. and But he only gave me... I know me what that is. Yeah. I'm not, uh, I'm not yeah. that old But he only gave me the um, Michael J. Fox I uh, almost said Michael W. Fox <laughs> <laughs> Michael J. Fox Why? Says, <laughs> Why?
2: I don't I mean... <laughs> you know it's, You
0: know
3: sometimes
2: it's you, just you feel know. the urge the Put afternoon. W's in people's names
0: But uh, yeah So I've, I've never watched I've only seen a few Charlie Sheen episodes Good keep it that way feel like one day I'll complete, complete the mission. Is
2: that what you did? Did you watch the whole show and just stop when Charlie Sheen entered
0: the picture? Yeah, the only one I've seen of Charlie Sheen is just like randomly on TV. Mm-hmm. Of course, like he's like playing baseball or something.
1: <laughs> Man, that's sad. Poor Michael J. Fox.
0: I just want to keep watching it because I know he comes back.
1: For one episode,
0: yeah, but I'm all about stuff like that. Just watch that. Episode, that's why I then. watched the last two seasons of the X Files.
3: About Walter Sorry, Skinner back, on man. here.
0: Oh god, that's oh man. <laughs> god, love Skinner. Just getting shit done. Best part of the second X Files movie. <laughs> I feel
3: like he's like pretty ripped. <laughs> he's huge. He's looking like, huge.
0: <laughs> I was just getting ready from red shirt and start fighting someone. It's a shame that he's just stuck in the office all the time. Should've That's have why the X-Files so movie is so awesome. just busting just like, What the fuck on the
3: ground? I should get on that now.
1: I don't know what you're talking about, so I'm going to keep this rolling with the duo of bosses from Mad Men, Roger Sterling and Bertram Cooper. Here's a clip from Sterling.
3: You don't know how to drink your whole generation. You drink for the wrong reasons. My generation... We drink because it's good, because it feels better than unbuttoning your collar, because we deserve it. We drink because it's what men do. And drink, and there's a lot of drinking on Mad Men. Show sure is. I mean, we you put both. Uh, we put both, but I definitely lean towards Roger as the obviously the more interesting character. Well, yeah, Cooper's
1: get- a, mi- a more minor character.
3: I feel like they do that because, like, what if he dies? We don't want to, like, ruin any like integral plot lines because he's pretty old. <laughs> Maybe. But, yeah, I think I, I, like, I like Roger so much because I just like to think, wow, that's kind of, like, a cool job. Because it seems like all he kind of does is just kind of drink, drink and, and mingle. And talk to people. Basically, that's Charming. his job. His, his job is to go meet these businessmen and just charm them. Yeah, mm-hmm. he doesn't seem like he does any, like, work or has, has to write anything.
1: But they show you through the show that he's really good at that and a lot he's of good people at that. I mean, it,
3: it definitely is a skill, like, and a talent very specific skills it's kind of a romantic thing but then that's i guess it has its dark side he's been through some tough times i feel like
1: sterling is is kind of out of touch with everyone because cooper is so much older than him and he feels uh sterling feels older than uh than don and really everyone else who works at the office in the beginning and then definitely this latest season all the all the young people working at the office now uh, he feels out of touch but I Cooper? Guess,
2: but I'm, not not half as out of touch as Cooper.
1: Cooper on the other Cooper hand.
2: Cooper doesn't even, like... I wouldn't be surprised if some of the people working there haven't even seen Cooper. I feel like he just, just sits in his office and, I don't know, the, med- meditates, I guess. Sushi.
1: The weird thing is, at the end of the season before last, he quit. And then this season, he's just there in the office the whole show, unexplained. Yeah. then I guess it just didn't take... And I, I love that he has got like the Japanese style office. Everyone has to take their shoes off, and he's all about libertarianism. He gives copies of one of the Ayn Rand books to everyone, and for Christmas, I think he's got that weird painting.
2: Yeah, I like that. There, you just only know these little small touches about him, but yet I really like him as a character, yeah. <laughs> even though he doesn't show up that often.
1: I'm always really pleased when he when he does. He doesn't seem as flawed as everyone else. No. seems to mostly have his stuff in order.
3: Yeah, I think I mean, cause so. Roger's definitely Because he just flawed. doesn't
1: get involved with anyone. And
3: like I was saying, Roger, it seems like his job, is seen, there's like a romantic kind of quality to it, but at the same time, I feel like his life is like hanging by a thread because he's always like having heart attacks, and he just doesn't seem like he's in the best <laughs> possible shape. Making bad shit. decisions. He's making bad decisions and everything. Two
1: heart attacks in one season. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he definitely f- feels like a live fast, you know, die young kind of guy, but I guess he's still still... Not quite there. He's still relatively young. There's still time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Though John Slattery looks like he's so old. I don't think he looks old. He just has white hair and it's...
2: What is he, like 49? He has a probably. pretty wrinkly face. He's like 49. I looked yeah. it up. Actually, his character is supposed to be five years older than he is in oh. real life. So, you know.
3: Do you know who he originally tried out for Don Draper? Like audition? Oh, do you think they would have had a Dies here? baby <laughs>
1: oh, yeah i think they probably would have because he's yeah. got
3: young kids he just looks so old
1: unless they're gonna change that i don't know i don't know how much of the show evolved after casting john am mm-hmm.
3: so would you guys like to work for sterling <laughs> 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 i don't
2: know it's weird having seen all these seasons of the show and see how it destroys everyone's lives i
3: feel like if you're not really good well even if you are good at it bad stuff happens but if you're yeah. not gonna ever gonna cheat like I, an idiot i don't
1: know harry he does all right.
3: Yeah, sure. I just feel like like Roger like really talks down to like everyone basically. Unless you're, I mean, it's pretty hard to get on his level. Yeah, but in this
1: last season, like everyone blackmailed him for bonus money.
3: And I get the feeling he kind of respects that. Way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think working under Roger Sterling is fine. It's just when you get to the like close to his rank, or like where you're competing with him for things, then it's a problem. They don't bitch slap you back down to where he came from. And I, don't, I don't even know what Cooper would do. He probably wouldn't even notice.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I, def, I, I think I would want to work it. Just, but just meet Don Draper.
1: You know, you know they'd be... <laughs> yeah. They're pushing the limits. They're the cool place to work. And that's worth something.
3: Do you think they're some of the best bosses, though? I mean, it's interesting. You think later, I guess Don's kind of a boss, too. Kind in of. a way. Yeah,
1: that's the thing. They Don gets his... Partnership pretty early on in the show, and Rogers barely his boss even at the beginning. When he is his boss, he's more of of a friend. So uh, I don't
3: know. It's uh, this one's a little harder to find. I mean, they they are bosses.
1: Yeah, they are bosses. They do boss people around, but it just I don't know. Don's such his own man. just doesn't play by anyone's rules, and it never feels like they're that bossy, except when they boss around the minor characters. Mm -hmm. the secondary characters
2: there are no minor characters on Mad Men
1: they're all important this is what I'm saying yeah Yeah, I don't don't need them on the list
3: alright they're great though
2: as characters we've talked about Mad Men enough
1: Mm, no such thing (laughs) how about Ron fucking Swanson from Parks and Rec
0: This is a mistake. Why would you call it that on your menu? I don't know what to tell you, man.
1: Just give me all the bacon and eggs you have.
2: Wait, wait. I worry what you just heard was, give me a lot of bacon and eggs. What I said was, give me all the bacon and eggs you have. Do you understand?
0: Like, I want, like... I want to see that plate <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm sure it's not one plate yeah, really yeah but i fun mean fun. i just like how can no no one can eat that much <laughs> that is so much i'm sure that what Don't. they have probably like hundreds of eggs in a restaurant yeah <laughs> probably
2: if it's a diet Ron swanson
3: can eat and he likes <laughs> his meat yeah. Was it the episode of the bowling alley? Did he say that was his favorite restaurant? <laughs> it was just a sign that said hot dogs, hamburgers. <laughs> I
1: love that he goes to the Greek place because he sees the big whirling meat in the window. He's like, I must eat that.
3: He loves breakfast and he especially loves meat. I was watching this clip earlier where he's going to this fundraiser and he hated. He doesn't care what it's for, but the fact that they have shrimp wrapped in bacon really seals the deal. Like He's saying, like, I'd go for a fundraiser for Somalian pirates if they had shrimp wrapped in bacon. <laughs>
0: Like. What's the um, the meat tornado? Is that it?
1: Yeah, that's the thing that uh, Andy's
0: it's like gonna a get burrito. him.
1: You had me at meat
2: tornado. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great line. From there.
3: Yeah, I just love Ron Swanson because he's like the manliest character I've yeah. ever seen in anything. <laughs> Here's this guy that like buries gold, you know. <laughs> He builds all sorts of stuff. He has all sorts of wood carvings and projects, and he does manly stuff.
1: And I love that that's actually what Nick Offerman does. Like, yeah, uh, he has a YouTube account where he's like, "Here's how to build a canoe. You just hollow out this log of wood and does all the work." And I
3: like that he works in government, yet he like hates it. He's a libertarian. <laughs> he believes
1: one government time, basically like, shouldn't I can't exist. remember
3: if it was just the local, go- it was just Parks and Rec, or if it was all the local government was like closing down, and he was like really, really <laughs> happy. He's like. <laughs> He's just really excited.
1: And I love that uh in his last season Chris is taking him to all the budget cut meetings cuz he loves cutting the budget so much.
0: <laughs> so well, how do they they explain why he works there, right? Like <laughs> I don't know. Like why? He works I feel there? like I, I have some recollection of like he works there because like so he can shut it down from the inside or something like that. That sounds sort of familiar. Mm-hmm. Like he's just mm. a part of the machine so he can take it down. It
3: <laughs> yeah. definitely seems like I don't some, know, but he doesn't, something he'd believe in. He never does that. Yeah, I don't think he's... Oh, a,
0: stuff like budget cut meetings and stuff like that. All
3: right, now I got to look up the Ron Swanson pyramid. Pyramid of greatness. <laughs> pyramid of, pyramid, of, of, pyramid greatness. of greatness. These are things to live your life by, essentially. <laughs> so let me just look for some good stuff.
1: He's such a an interesting foil for Leslie No, you know, who's super liberal, wants the government to do everything for everybody. And her boss is the guy who basically doesn't want the government to exist. A great foil. And of course it turns into a great friendship. Yeah. Well, I'm all about it. He's the character. Everyone talks about when they talk about Parks and Rec.
3: Honor is at the top of the wrong. <laughs> but some other good ones are buffets, woodworking, weapons, haircuts, greatness itself, suspicion. Also, it's a great stuff. They lives his life by deer protein <laughs> cursing bo I like
2: he there's one that says like friends like two to three is acceptable Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah I, I'm I, I see it right here one to three is should. <laughs> yeah this is a poster i gotta get someday just like especially like in an office setting <laughs> if you had the ron swanson pyramid of greatness in your office that would be great and i just i just love how old-fashioned he is I seem to remember they were trying to go look for, like, all his records. Was he being audited or or something like that or Mm -hmm. something like that? And he's just, like, he's, like, what's this? Oh, this is a gentleman's agreement. (laughs) (laughs) I'm shaking a guy's hand. Like, that's, (laughs) oh, you know. Or, like, bartering stuff or trading stuff. Like, that counts. Like, those are his records. (laughs) He's also a great character
2: just because... There's kind of a mystery around him. Like you get to know all these weird things from his past, and yet it's it's like he's there's so much like detail to his character, so many little quirks, and yet they can still keep you like surprised with learning different things about him, like his music career. Yeah, we still don't know much about <laughs> Duke Silver. Duke Silver,
3: uh, they could
2: they could have tons of Duke Silver episodes to to cash in on.
3: He's like the Don Draper of Parks and Rec, and I love his
0: yeah. I love his ex wives past. stories. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I
3: mean that's definitely a show that I recommend to everybody. It's definitely one of the fun, if not the funniest show on TV right now. Yep. Yeah. And he's easily my favorite character. A friend of mine once said, "Actually, yeah. I don't know if easily Andy's pretty good."
1: <laughs> I remind him of uh, Ron Swanson, and I was like. The ultimate compliment. This is the base compliment I've ever got in my whole life.
3: <laughs> That'd be a good Halloween costume. They do sell the Ron Swanson mask. It's pretty <laughs> creepy. I feel like if you, could, if you could grow
0: that mustache, then you you could win any Halloween contest of all time.
3: I, yeah, if you really grow it. Just
1: eating meat. Everyone's eating candy, you're just eating meat.
0: <laughs> Passing out meat.
1: Passing it out. <laughs> the only questionable thing about him, though. Is is he the boss? That's the thing. He is the boss, but there's that there's that scene from this last season where he's like, I'm your boss, and everyone just laughs. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, especially you know. since uh Chris showed up. He's
0: he's, yeah. Yeah, but, I like mean, he's still season He's season three, they kinda he's feel, a boss. feel more mm-hmm. like
2: the bosses.
0: Yeah, but I mean he's he's the boss of the department. I, what they don't show you is, you know, Chris. Going to other departments, you know what I mean? Because mm. that's not interesting, <laughs> and <laughs> those people are boring.
1: You know, it's just a very different managerial style than a lot of bosses. Where
0: he, what does he do? Just like sit there? And yeah, and April... not take meetings. Whittles? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: like it for eight hours, stress. he just sits.
0: <laughs> and I, and I I love April and and uh, and Ron's relationship.
2: <laughs> I feel like there is one scene where. She's like, no, Rod can't talk to you right now. He's like, I can see him. Right he's right there. And he just, like, waves at him <laughs> from his office.
3: <laughs> so would you like to work for Ron Swanson? Oh of yeah. I don't know. He doesn't even bother to, like, learn your name. Or even if he does know it, he'll just call you a different... But that's if, the, the thing. You name. don't
0: have to do anything. And that's he's true. he's all about it. <laughs> he's so awesome. I, I just want to earn
3: his respect so much. Oh, yeah. You just have to do something manly. Make something. Yeah. Or something involving meat
0: <laughs> make something of meat like build a, a meat house a meat house <laughs> just
3: introduce
2: them to some sort of really good meat-based food like the meat tornado
3: <laughs> for life yeah i'd i'd sign i'd be down for that job
1: that job meat maker for Ron swans yeah okay how about the very last entry on our list He was a baseball player, now he owns a bar. Sam Mayday Malone. You know, I got a phone call today from a teenager saying I was taking advantage of my status as an ex-ball player and that old squares like me shouldn't be doing the sports. Well, Corky, tonight's commentary is directed right at you.
4: To rap about
3: a controversy, gonna take a stand. Won't show no mercy. A lot of folks say Josh should be doing
0: the sports news on TV. But I don't want to hear the latest scores from a punch broadcast school board. So get your scores from a guy like me who knows what it's
4: like to have a grown injury.
2: to
0: hear the dubstep remix
2: so that's the episode where sam malone gets a job
1: as a sportscaster does he do it is that like the his first that's not his first he's done it a few times at that point okay and everyone's giving him tips on how to be more relatable and less boring yeah and that's what he comes up with okay (laughs) so yeah kind of like ron swanson here's a boss that no one really treats like a boss most of the time he's just one of the guys yeah, one of the guys in the bar. I mean, people leave the bar all the time, even when they're supposedly on shifts.
0: <laughs> I feel like Carla is the only one that is constantly yeah. at the work. <laughs> She's the only one working. all The, the one with like fifteen
2: kids at <laughs> always working.
1: Uh, I, I, I love Mayday, Man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I bet he would know my name if I. Drank well, a lot.
0: everyone knows your name, Sean. So.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool concept for a character—a a drunken failure who owns a bar. I mean, that's interesting.
2: It is interesting, but I feel like they never like play upon that at all. Except, what do you mean? Except for when well, he like never struggles with alcohol. Even though uh, he's yeah, he does. Uh,
0: he hella does.
1: Hella does. Oh, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, he does. When <laughs> Diane leaves.
0: Yeah,
2: for what episode? Still, it's like, what? For what episode <laughs> and the rest of the time, it's like, no, well, no big deal. Like, I feel like it's a couple... But episodes.
1: that episode is supposed to have spanned, like, months.
0: Yeah, I guess, but...
1: Plus, it brings Frazier into the show, so it's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. I just remember watching that episode and I was, like, hell sad. I'm like, oh, man, no. And then Coach is like, Diane, is boozing again. And it's just like, oh, man, it's so sad. And then Frazier comes like, oh, yeah, let's go. Fills a grammar with some
2: hair on his head.
1: Oh, he's he's and he's looking fat. way thin, too. Yeah. Like I never thought he seemed that fat, but he, he looks yeah. way thin on his first he, few appearances. I think he just
0: looks hella young. I don't know if thin, I guess. He looks dashing. Yeah. Downright dashing.
1: <laughs> I feel God, like, can we just watch Frasier? Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Cheers is a great show. Cheers is great.
0: Yeah. Except for Sean hates it.
2: Sean hates it. What? What? I feel like he wasn't enjoying it in the early seasons for some reason.
1: Yeah, the critically acclaimed years. Give me... I don't, I don't like him as much as... Later on.
0: I just remember being kind of scared to get into Cheers, because... Like, when I finished Frasier, Sean was kind of watching Cheers, and he was kind of... I was like, I'm thinking about, like, starting Cheers, and he's like... Oh, dude. It's like, three seasons till Frasier even shows up, and... I wanted Frazier. I feel like Sean watched like one episode a month and he just like struggled through it. (laughs) And I understand. If you think about
1: the concept of Cheers early on when it's just like everyone's getting fired and they just spend all the time in the bar. It's pretty sad.
0: It's not that. It's a comedy show. It's not that sad.
1: No, the show is perfectly funny. But if you think about it, if this was a real life situation, it wouldn't be a comedy.
0: Yeah. I just, I mean, my problem with the early seasons is Diane is kind of annoying, kind of, kind of wears on me, but they remedied that problem. Sure. Murder. <laughs>
2: uh, no, that is not uh, how they remedied that <laughs> problem. <laughs> I just didn't want to spoil it.
1: So that's why she's only in that one episode of Razor. And, and then she's like a ghost later on. That's a weird episode.
0: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I think I know what
1: you're talking about. It's alright. Uh, Is this to make it 10? Uh, yeah, put them on the list because that leaves 10. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that makes it easy.
1: Johnny, you have any cheers thoughts?
3: Not really. I like what I I you know. I enjoy what I see, I guess. Cool. So, that's, all, that's, all, that's all I can give you. I can't give you any kind of insight.
1: You want to make a case to swap Duke Phillips in for Sam Mayday Malone?
3: Really doesn't matter to me. All right,
1: let's just leave Sam in then, because we took Duke off for some reason.
3: Are you thinking Sam lower then? Probably. All right, just
1: because he's not really a boss, he can't. He <laughs> fails at bossing people around almost all the time.
0: <laughs> he's got an office that's pretty much the only criteria.
2: He, he loses it at one point in the All show right. and it's Rebecca's office that sucks that definitely downgrades his boss credentials too that he loses the bar well yeah for a couple seasons he's, yeah, just, he's just, he's just a he's bartender. Even, yeah he's just working there yeah. he gets it back but I feel so.
0: like you still feel like he's the boss
2: he's probably the head bartender yeah.
1: <laughs> over Woody yeah. Woody is real tough yeah. <laughs> so him at 10 not Jay Peterman or
0: yeah.
3: Lou Grant i put Jay Peterman higher. Okay. Okay. So, so I feel like he's more iconic in the boss role, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree.
1: So who would you put at nine, then?
3: Well, I, I was just saying to Sam alone. I mean, I wouldn't mind putting Peterman in lower. Uh, let me see. What's up, Colin? I don't know. I just
2: like Sam alone more than Jay Peterman. Uh-huh. cause he's I don't know just cuz he plays such an integral part in that show he's basically the star
1: he is the star and
2: Ted Dance is really good
1: don't buy into that Sam and Diane are co-star bullshit
2: they kind of are
1: <laughs> she leaves
2: but yeah and he he basically becomes the star of the show when she leaves Well then put Peterman
3: at 10 and one
1: higher of the 20 episode thing i think yeah. that's the number yeah. 21 22
3: Lighter character, but
2: I like him. So, do you want to put Lou Grant lower? I'm okay with it. I'm glad he just made the list because you guys haven't seen much of the show.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm.
0: Or at all, in Sean's case. Or at all.
1: 100%. Just ended his streak.
0: (laughs) I'd say that streak is alive.
2: Check it out and ruin. It's It's as good as Cheers, maybe better.
1: What about Frasier?
2: Honestly, yeah, I'd put it at that level. I don't know if you would, but Bold after watching words. the whole show, I, uh, I'd say it's one of the all-time great sitcoms, definitely. You don't have to believe me, Sean. No, I, I... love Frasier too. Frasier's like, honestly, like maybe my favorite show at this point in my life. <laughs> I love it so much.
1: He's so smart. He's so, so smart,
2: fancy. but he's so funny, and he does wacky things that fancy people usually don't get caught into. It's such a great <laughs> dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Okay. <laughs> we can stop talking about Frazier. Okay. <laughs> what about? Okay, so we're putting Lugrana eight.
1: Yeah, I uh, I did it. You did it.
2: All right. I put it there. I'm
3: fine with that. How do you guys feel about Artie? Strong. Very strong.
1: I'll put David Brent next. I yeah. Think.
2: yeah. I like Artie better, better than David Deep. Brent.
3: Go for it. All huh? right. I just, when there's just silence, you know, I just go for it. And I applaud you for it.
1: Uh, oh, man. How about Tony? Where's he going on this list? Tony Soprano.
2: It's a hard one because, I don't know, because he's such an unconventional boss, but he's such an amazing character.
3: Well, I just think yeah, in this list, good. in in terms of the boss character, I don't yeah. know, personally, because I, mean, I feel like, I mean, they're not as good, but I feel like Roger Sterling and Bertram Cooper are pretty great characters, but just how they played into the whole boss role, I don't know. But Tony he bosses everyone around the whole show it's, that's basically it and
1: when they don't do what he says bad things happen yeah they get
2: fired he's, he's a born leader
1: or born to be in charge um well if it's not him then who Montgomery Burns
3: well he's my favorite so I mean that's that'd, that'd be pretty tough for me to deal with emotionally <laughs> what about Michael Scott then I think I like Michael Scott more than Jack Donaghy actually just in terms of humor I just really like The Office mm. just cause it's everyday it's all about work I mean of course 30 Rock is too but
0: but it's more conventional more work. conventional yeah I, I feel like Michael Scott is just the one that immediately pops into my head when you talk TV bosses I mean, that's. I mean, he he has the mug that says World's Greatest Boss that he bought for himself.
1: <laughs> I guess you, a lot of these people are the person who's in charge in the situation the show's set in. Mm-hmm. And Michael Scott is just the boss. I kind of get that. Such a generic job they do. But I really like Jack Donaghy, I really like Ron mm-hmm. Swanson.
0: Yeah, at this point, it's pretty tough.
1: I really like Artie.
0: I mean, I'd put Tony next. Just in terms of
3: it comes back to that thing that everybody hates. It's got to be representative, it's, you know? That's the worst. That's the worst. <laughs> it's I know. the worst excuse. Because you guys don't, you don't have,
2: you can't have any excuse for not watching The Sopranos, man. You've it's seen, seen one some of the it. best shows ever.
3: You've seen some of it.
2: Saw so all the but first I hear season which, and most of the second season. I hear, I hear what you're
3: saying. Lost you interest at some point for some reason. I don't remember why. Well, that reason is unacceptable.
0: I just can't get into dramas that much anymore like I used to be able to.
2: Yeah, but Sopranos is like, that's like the one. If you're going to watch a drama, you got to watch that one or The Wire.
0: I think I just got burnt out watching X-Files for a full year. I don't know how you did that. So that shows like... Twenty episodes a season, it's like, like twenty three, twenty three, yeah. and eleven seasons. hour longs. So Sopranos is only like thirteen episodes. I season. think what got me through it is, um, like the comedy aspect and the sci-fi aspect.
3: Well, most of these shows do have comedy aspects. Hmm. Even Sopranos does.
1: So, so Colin, I'm thinking Tony and Artie are going to be pretty low, just because yeah. the whole group doesn't have that exposure. Maybe they're even the next two. No, I mean I, I'm gonna
3: agree with that just because yeah I'm the you, less experienced. You've seen Larry
1: Sanders, yeah. Mm-hmm. You like Arnie, right?
0: I love Arnie.
1: You think you like him more than you think you would like Tony Soprano?
0: <laughs> I definitely like him more than since I have only then seen. Then you like, hypothetically have...
1: like Tony Soprano. Uh,
0: I mean I don't know. It's hard for me since I haven't seen the show. When you guys talk about him, I don't really like him because he just murders people.
1: <laughs> oh, he does so much more. He saves his son from drowning. In one of the most hilarious suicide scenes ever.
2: <laughs> Again. That's one way of looking at it, I guess. It's pretty sad at the time, but you're like, oh yeah, this is going to be awesome. Because <laughs> he's the worst character.
1: I was waiting for it to die.
2: I know, me too.
1: Because little... it would have been great drama for the show. That's why they didn't do it, I think, because they're like, you want this to happen, you sick faster. <laughs> Maybe. Making us step back and rethink... So I think I think I would put Artie above Tony, though. What about you, Colin?
2: I don't know. I, I told you, like, he's like the best TV character ever for me. He's so interesting. What but, is he, the best TV boss? I don't know. That's the thing. He's pretty good. He's pretty fun to watch, boss.
1: I don't know. He definitely makes you think about what the mafia would be like in real life is so different from the godfather i mean these are guys who love the godfather and talk about watching the movie all the time
4: mm-hmm.
1: but he's just as a boss his managerial style is questionable
2: yeah. <laughs> it's, it's true mm-hmm.
1: i think we can go as, as high as five with tony but we'd have to put Artie below him
2: Okay. I mean, I could put Jack Donaghy below him, too. Or Michael Scott. Or most of these characters. Maybe all of these characters. <laughs> I like him a lot, John. So you probably shouldn't be asking me. <laughs>
0: when you say below, do you mean like a higher number? Uh,
1: be- yeah, <laughs> I guess. It's
2: <laughs> a weird way of putting it.
1: We know we all knew what he was saying. I yeah, didn't quite Sean got it. I got it. That's all I care. I am smart. <laughs> um I think we got to we got to make a move, gentlemen. Well, it's cuz we haven't like decided really clearly what would be number 6. Or 5. Let's take a vote. Matt, what would you put at number 6?
0: I mean, I put I feel like this is irrelevant because i put Tony Soprano.
1: <laughs> you put Tony Soprano? And, John, you would also put Tony Soprano? I mean,
3: I don't care because I'm not, I'm not really big. I mean, I like Artie. I've seen Larry Sanders before, but I don't care. Like, I'm not going to...
1: But it's definitely like... one of those two for you.
3: For me, yeah. It's definitely okay. one of those
1: two. Colin, I can do you as good as number five.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's like Pawn <pond> started.
2: <laughs> You're making a deal with me. Well,
1: okay. I'm with you, but I gotta get this thing done Yeah, that's fine I mean, I don't know
2: My number one probably would have been Lou Grant, so Yeah You crushed my heart
1: a long time ago I don't care Yeah, like the first episode of this podcast (laughs) Hasn't come back since (laughs) Yeah Now, John, let's talk about Mr. Burns Mm Mm-hmm He's your number one?
3: Oh, yeah Undoubtedly Well, it's like my favorite show of all time, so yeah You know, I just feel like he's like one of the most iconic boss characters. Like when people think TV bosses, he's up there and he's one of
0: the funniest characters. I mean, that's why he's number four on our list. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. God, I would have put him lower, honestly.
0: He just doesn't have the
2: depth of any of these characters. He's He's got plenty of depth. He's kind of a one note character. No, he's
3: got lots of background. Like the whole Citizen Kane episode, the Rosebud episode. About his, it's just about his whole life. Basically, we've learned all these past like events about him because the show's been on for like twenty something years. We've gotten lots of insight, like as much as you get for like a comedy cartoon show. I just
2: don't have the fondness for him, yeah. the characters. I just, it just bums me out sometimes.
1: That's okay. We were all bumming out Cullen anyway Might as well. <laughs> Spread
2: the love. Hey, I was just happy to see Luke Grant on the list.
3: I wasn't sure if he would. Yeah, Does he so. have to be four? I mean, can he? I mean, yeah, I, I like him I w- better than Jack Donaghy, at least. I don't. I don't.
1: I like him more than Michael Scott.
0: I mm-hmm. could give it to you. <laughs> could you give it to me? All right. It, let, I just feel like Mr.
3: Burns has more moments. Like I, I just feel like Theory yeah, Rock isn't as good to years.
0: me. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, I think there's a reason to that. Even though you said it's been terrible for twelve years. Something like that.
3: It was good for <laughs>
0: like eleven
1: years. Eleven years. That's pretty
3: good. That's more than most shows. And he still has his he still definitely has his moments since then. This security is really killing me here. You're really killing me. Can so, even be three? This is what happens when we let John no, talk th- about no. the substance. He can be, He podcast. can be three at just four in Fury. Well, we answer. bumped him up to three. Okay. There
0: you go. We
1: threw Michael Scott in there as a wedge between him and Mr. Soprano. Uh, like the difference
0: oh between
3: God. three and four? Is- I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I like Jack Dolly that much. But I don't like him too. that I mean, two at this point, seeing where we stand.
0: I don't know. I'd almost... I mean, I love Jack Donaghy, but I'd I'd flip. I put Jack at four. at four. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Michael Scott is like the TV boss. Like he is. Yeah, I feel like I
3: mean, Michael me, Scott. I feel like Jack Donaghy should have been. I mean, this is just for me. For would have been in the four spot, and then Michael Scott would have been in the top two somewhere. You. He is so kind you, of like the TV boss of this era. Yeah.
1: Is this the way you all feel?
4: Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> guess.
1: you uh,
2: guess? Honestly, I don't have a big preference over these characters. I have opinions on the other ones, but these are two that I like about equally.
1: I really like Jack Donaghy. And I feel like I only came to appreciate Michael Scott the last season he was on the show. And I was like, oh God, what are they going to do with yeah, him?
0: You kind of get worn out on him after a while. I feel like that's the reason he left.
1: So you put Jack Donaghy all the way down to number four.
0: All the way down. I'm just trying to make John happy with Mr. Burns.
3: I just when you compare the humor, like I feel like Michael Scott has so many more moments than Jack Donaghy.
1: I feel like both of them have more moments than Mr. Burns.
0: Well, I would disagree with that.
3: <laughs> that's all I have to say, I guess I just feel
0: like Mr. Burns is a more minor character than
2: any of these people, oh, definitely like that's the star of the show, yeah. so is check basically the co star
3: fine, just end it. <laughs> this is like hell for me.
1: I'm having a good time. <laughs> I don't know what to what to do. If this is hell for you, you must
3: have a Shut up, shot. shut up, shut up.
1: What is that?
3: That's sounds we were just talking about what is that? It's
2: a phrase Sean likes to whip out whenever he wants to annoy the shit out of people.
1: <laughs> I feel like I did that once and I made that mistake and now it's like out and everyone's saying it now. It yeah. Sucks.
2: You made this happen, Sean.
1: God. I didn't know. It darn it annoying. Uh, okay how about this Michael Scott four Jack Donaghy three Mr. Burns two because John really passionate about it.
2: sure oh man <laughs> that
1: sets a precedent that we can do that now that someone <laughs> uh, that president was already set by the whole United States of America <laughs> <laughs> What <laughs> you talking? What are you talking about? Exactly? You can filibuster shit when when it's on the center floor, and just that's literally I'm going to waste your time until it <laughs> until you, I get what I want. Okay, that's uh, our government. That's how it works. This is, and I feel like John is more passionate about Mr. Burns than I have ever been passionate about Jack Donaghy or Michael Scott.
3: Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you don't have to just cater to me. This is a group thing. Like I feel like I'm You're the one who, me, John. who says that the most. I'm am just saying. Yeah. Like I've had some okay. time to cool down. Like <laughs> since <I've, laughs> this has all come out. Well, I'm heating up. So Ron Fucking Swanson
1: is number one. What's our two, three, four? Yeah, Tony
2: Sperandio. Yes. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Number two. Huh? Sounds excellent to me.
1: <laughs> Sounds great.
3: I just totally lost interest in this list. <laughs> it means nothing to me anymore. Right. Do it, Trud. Tony Soprano, get, get... get the bump! <laughs> oh, <no. laughs>
2: Put him at number four.
1: Okay, Tony's number four. <laughs> Mr. Burns is three. Jack Donaghy is Four. Michael Scott is two and Ron Swanson <laughs> is number one
2: were you, were you waiting for someone to shout out at you? Or snipe you?
1: <laughs> so somehow the Greg Daniels shows Master Bosses Oh Okay.
0: Yes, all right. Read the list. Sure. yeah all right.
1: all right. Our top 10 TV bosses are number 10, Jay Peterman. Number 9, Sam Mayday Malone. Number 8, Lou Grant. Number 7, David Brent. Number 6, Artie. Number 5, Tony Soprano. Number 4, Jack Donaghy. Number 3, C. Montgomery Burns. Number 2, Michael Scott. And number 1, Ron Swanson. Thank you for listening. We have a website over at MildlyPlease.com where you can comment. Or if you feel uncomfortable commenting, we have an email address, T3 at MildlyPlease.com that you can send your questions into. And we have a YouTube account now if you want to check that out. And I guess that this is the end of our show now. So I'll see you next week. Goodbye.